Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, <clears throat> now I go again, it's contagious. It's contagious. Hi everyone, uh, this is just a quick bonus episode with our chat with uh, Will Buckley, country manager of Zero, mm. uh, just all about their report, Zero's report that they released uh, during the week about the global state of small business owner well-being. Yeah, so uh, we also have Sarah Cotton, Dr. Sarah Cotton yep. joining the show to talk about it as well. She is a psychologist, yep. so um, that's fantastic to speak to her, but good to, good to speak to Will too from Zero's perspective. Um, yep. They obviously have a lot of data and insights and an interest in improving the life of small business owners, which we love hats it. off to them. That's mm. awesome. It is very awesome. All right, well, uh, enjoy the chat and uh, we'll see you with our regular programming on Friday. So I'm joined right now uh, without Tim. Uh, I'm joined here with uh, Will Buckley, Country Manager for Australia for Zero. Uh, Will, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Dan. It's good to be here. It's a shame Tim's not with us. Yeah, well. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure you can hold the fort for the both of you. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I'm really glad that you've come on. I think this makes, I don't know, I think we probably said this last time that you've been on like three times. This maybe makes like four times maybe i don't know you have a, do you have a cap yeah, yeah you're almost at your limit will like at a certain <laughs> point we're just gonna like cut you off like there's got to be a responsible service of interviews here uh we just need to Sorry. cut you off it's nice to have fair use policy yeah <laughs> Uh, but no, the reason we've got you on is because uh, during the week last week, Zero released the the Global State of Small Business Owners Wellbeing Report, uh, and we just wanted to, to get you on and, and just chat about it. Really, chat about um, yeah, what what was Zero's reason behind uh, doing this research and come out with this report? What were some key interesting findings that you thought and uh, and just dive into a little bit deeper? We actually spoke to uh, Dr. Sarah Cotton, the organisational psychologist, yesterday, which which will probably be released after this one, um, and we dove right. into a lot about kind of what we can do about the mental health. But yeah, I, I wanted to get. Um, some some interesting facts from you and and some insight from from your point of view of of you know what zero is doing in this space and 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 what are some of the key things you found so why don't we start start there at the top uh yeah, yeah. Well, well, why did zero decide to do this yeah it's a it is a little bit of a, a different report that we um pulled together from what we normally do yeah uh, i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure the accounting bookkeeping community are probably used to a little bit more on the Yes, financial performance, business and economic performance side. I know we've spoken about some of the economic indicators in yep. the past, but the reason we wanted to dive into into well-being in particular was given the macroeconomic environment at the moment, um, we're hearing lots of stories and and insights from, from businesses, small businesses around the country and their advisors um, just around the challenges that people are facing into at the moment. Um, and that's not something that's unique to just Australia. Um, and so we, yeah, we pulled together this wellbeing report looking at seven different countries around the world and the wellbeing, how biz, small business owners uh, almost uh, gauge themselves on, well, on across a number of factors related to wellbeing and then benchmark that against how um, the broader account, those seven economies are performing based on the World Health Organization who have their own well-being index. So mm. we asked the, the same questions uh, and then wanted to benchmark small business owner performance against 
uh, the how the broader economy is feeling um, in in the wellbeing space from what the world World Health Organization have published. So, um, to be honest, what was disappointing and concerning is that small business owners fare worse mm. than the general population. Um, and so the key call out here is sort of what our role at Zero is obviously to champion the, the needs of small business owners and, and wave the flag for them wherever we, we can. Mm. Um, and that's kind of where we want to pick up the conversation. It's sort of what, what can we be doing? What can the Australian economy be doing um, around to, to help support small business to, to make sure that they're not feeling uh, the brunt of some of the macroeconomic environment uh, and conditions that they're working through at the moment, not feeling it uh, to a more significant degree than what the general population is. Um, but we can clearly see that, that there is a gap between general population and Australian small business owners in terms of wellbeing. Yeah, and, and that was sort of the, the headline for me when I read it was just, yeah, we're me included, you know, small business owners, uh, where we're not doing as well on the wellbeing front as the general population. We're, you know, we're... We're clearly struggling. Running a small business is stressful. We all know that. And I think people generally understand that, yeah, taking on the responsibility of, of, of running that business can be can be a stressful thing. But it is just sort of, you know, glaringly obvious when you see it in the data. That's like, oh, okay, no, it's true. It's not just a feeling. We, 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 are, we aren't doing as well. Yeah, exactly. And so I said that we, like we benchmarked across seven countries. Actually, out of those seven, um, Australia's small business owners sort of put themselves as actually seconds, the second lowest mm. overall wellbeing rating, um, slightly above the UK, but yeah, out of the seven um, towards the bottom of that, that cohort. So um, yeah, get like shine a spot. We want to shine a spotlight on it mm. um, and we want to draw as much attention to, to that fact so that yeah, that it's that we can start to build up from, from this point because it's basically not acceptable. Um, and I think we all have a, a shared responsibility as Australians to make sure that those business owners aren't feeling um, uh, to a lesser degree in terms of life satisfaction than the, the general population because Aussie small businesses account for 97% of all businesses in Australia, um, big part of the Australian mm. economy. So, yeah, like we've, we've got to um, put some plans in place and, and, um, and make sure those business owners don't sort of lag in terms of satisfaction from, from the population. I was just thinking the same thing, you know, out of all the businesses, small businesses make up a vast majority of those. So we all know the link and, and Tim and I feel quite passionate about, you know, the, the link between a small business's uh, owner's well-being and then the performance of that business and, and how well it goes and how well the team perform when their mental health or physical health is doing well. We, we talk about it all the time. And so if we all do better, the economy does better, <laughs> you know, because there's so many of us small business owners out there. If, if, if we're all performing better, we're doing our jobs better, we're providing better services, we're getting more income, then, then the economy as a whole will do better as well. So it's a really important issue to tackle. Um, but uh, well, let, let's dive into a little bit of what the report found then. So, you know, the, the report sort of lists the, the main factors that it thinks are the, the biggest influences on, on this data. Um, there's a few that I found quite interesting. Uh, one in particular was, I think it was factor four, which is like uh, fulfilling work and how fulfilling you find your work. Yeah. The reason I found that interesting is because a lot of businesses get started because someone feels passionate about something, right? 
and mm-hmm. very quickly you find yourself bogged down in like admin and managing a team which you might never have done before and all these mm-hmm. other things where a lot of your job becomes not what you feel passionate or fulfilled about um so i found that quite interesting actually that 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 was one of the questions um was there anything in that that you found or you thought was particularly fascinating yeah so the two questions um that were asked there was like i feel fulfilled by the activities that i engage in as part Mm. of my work and the other question is my daily life has been filled with things that interest me Mm. um and from i mean across the boards yeah like it's it's pretty alarming that so across the board, like around 20% of respondents sort of feel that way mm. all the time. Um, but yeah, and then the scale starts to drop off from there. So um, yeah, when you look in Australia, at Australia in particular, only 15% of small business owners feel like their daily life has been filled with things that interest them. Um, so yeah, when you break it down and, and to your point when, why do people jump into business it is to follow that passion mm. um, and a lot of it comes back to like fulfilling that um, like self-actualization and, and doing what they're most passionate about and, and what they love yeah like there's a big gap between the number of people that actually feel like they're, they're getting that um, every day versus what I guess their intentions were when they were getting into it mm. um, one of the positives I'd say from that is so 15% feel like they're getting it all the time, um, but only 2% in Australia feel like they're not getting it at all. So yeah, well, that's, um, there is, that is a, positive. two ends of the spectrum. Mm, mm. Actually, I, I did find it funny uh, in, in one of the other factors, a, a question was, um, there's, there's three questions. Uh, there's like, uh, how often do you feel uh, cheerful and in good spirits? And the next one was like calm and relaxed. And the next one was active and vigorous. And I think mm-hmm. on each of those three questions, around 11 to 13% of people said they feel those things all the time. And my immediate thought was they're either delusional or lying to themselves. Because <laughs> there's no re- there's surely no one feels vigorous 100% of the time. Like you wake up, no. you feel a bit groggy one morning. That's not vigorous. No, no. And maybe <laughs> um, how they were, yeah, how they were feeling at that point in time. Yeah. Um, like really pushed them towards that. But, and so like we talk a lot about sort of mindset and physical uh, wellness, but the mm. other one is just financial well-being as yeah. well. Um, and one of the stats in Australia in particular was 26% of Australian small businesses say they experience financial distress most or all of the time. Yeah, that's, that's um, tough. That one is, that one was the one that jumped out to me. Um, so, I mean, I'm an accountant like, like you yeah. guys and I've worked um, in, like, with, with clients in the past. I've, I've had my own practice and like what, if one in four of Australian small businesses are feeling like they are in financial distress um, all of the time, then yeah, like there's heaps of work to be done mm. um, because that can really um, almost act as a, a bit of an anchor, like the old the, the ball and chain analogy. Um, if you are feeling weighed down by that financial distress, then yeah, it can it can start to be consuming. So, um, I mean, our role at Zero is to obviously look to to um, to make sure that business owners have the ability to sort of run their business in a most connected way, leveraging all of the technology um, and digital mm. um, digital trends and and um, and apps, connected apps and ecosystem that they can to sort of bring that financial picture together. Mm. Um, that's just one one way um, that we're looking to, to help have that, make that difference 
Um, so that, yeah, those stats around 26% feeling financial distress all the time just don't um, carry on and we can start to reverse that trend. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, just from the two factors we've sort of spoken about so far, which was, the, you know, the financial part and then the fulfilling work, the two biggest complaints I get when a new business comes to us or, or we're, we're engaging that sort of advisory work with our clients that we normally wouldn't or have done with them in the past, it's either we don't have enough money or I'm just stressed out of my brain or my business is bogging me down. Um, you know, they're, they're the two biggest issues that people talk about all the time. So it's not a surprise to me that one in four people feel like that because, yeah, you know, there is macroeconomic things that are happening out there at the moment. Interest rates have risen a lot recently. If, if people have large debts or large mortgages, people are stressed. What do you say to those clients? Oh, usually that conversation starts around, yeah, all right, well, let's, let's sit down and figure out what it is that you actually need and want personally. It starts mm-hmm. with what do they want? How much money do they need? What, how much time? And then we start figuring out, all right, what, what does your business look like? What is it actually providing you? And, and where can we make the tweaks in that business to get you to that personal level that you need? But more mm-hmm. often than not, people are stressed or, or they don't have enough money, but they don't know what they actually need or want. Um, mm-hmm. So we start there first and then, and then move into, all right, well, let's, let's figure out what your business actually looks like and can provide you and, and start helping you with things like cash flow and, and profitability and, and all the big stuff. And that's, that's what, honestly, that's what like, that's what I love about the accounting profession and bookkeeping mm. profession is the willingness to have those conversations. And like you're equipped and trained and have all of the experience to be able to have that conversation mm. with those clients, which to be honest, when I first joined the profession, I didn't fully appreciate that that was a path and that was like an element of the the profession and the role that you, you get to play. But yeah, the more experience you get, the more client facing you get, the more experience and exposure you get to different scenarios and situations that clients are working through and you'd like lean into those discussions with them. Mm. Then yeah, you can like, that's probably one of the, for me, the, the highlights of, of my time in practice was like those moments where you actually feel like you're having a difference with in the lives of your clients so um it's it's like it's great to hear you yeah. having like similar thoughts when, when you're working with your clients i'm sure oh, your it, listeners the, the most the, same re- way. the most rewarding part of our our job is is helping people achieve something um that's that's rarely got anything to do with tax it's it's usually something about you know they've they've got this business to a point where they're you know they, they had this goal in mind or, or just personally they're able to spend more time with their families or they're just really happy and you can see how well they're going and and more often than not it's it's not a bucket load of money in their pocket it's it's something else um and and helping people achieve that yeah that's that's the most rewarding thing we do yeah totally um and it probably changes as well as like the business owners go through their own um, cycles of life, mm. um, start a family, mortgage, um, looking to exit the business, grow, expand the business, downsize, like all these different significant events can happen in someone's life at different times. And yeah, having like that support network around you and someone like a, a true trusted advisor, mm. which usually is an accounting or bookkeeping professional, someone to lean on to like navigate through those significant financial um transactions or mm. periods of life like that's yeah it's it's awesome that the, the advisor community plays that role with with mm. business owners to support them so yep. um, I, yeah I, it's, it's really positive that that's the role that that, that we get to play yeah and, and, and this you know reports like what zero have released now just gives us more tools as well it's not just for the small business owners but for the accountants who are advising those small business owners that 
hey, here's how everyone else is feeling. So it's not, it's not unnatural that you're feeling this way and, and let's work on it and let's, let's fix it. Um, but what, what other big parts in this report stood out to you? What, what were the other things that, that, you, uh, that piqued your interest? Yeah, um, so I'm just scrolling through some of the different factors. Um, I think when it comes to like maybe technology adoption, like mm. seven in 10 small businesses um, delay decisions about upgrading technology because they don't feel like it's urgent and six in 10 small business owners put off tech-related decisions if they're confronted with too many options. Um, so, it, and we've done research in the past on on like the, the decision, like, how to make decisions around what technology to implement, how and, and when. Um, but yeah, like seeing that there is some reluctance to go forward and adopt emerging technologies that have sort of shown and proven to, to have that positive impact on um, helping clients sort of understand and get that real-time view of their, their cash flow position mm. um, is probably just a, a a challenge again on for, for us just as much as it is on the accounting and bookkeeping community to like help those business owners navigate those those decisions for when to implement the right technology and what that technology um, can can do for them because yeah like the, the starting point obviously for a lot of small business owners is um, not I mean research shows that it's not really to dive straight into it and, and get get straight into adopting those new emerging technologies um, so yeah, that was that was something that um, we we saw come through in some of the report and some of the findings mm. um, that does match up with research that we've done previously. So as well, t- Tim and I recently went to Accountex, and a trend that we noticed there with all the various softwares um, was like a move back to like all in one type solutions. Like I feel like I saw more of that there than I have in many recent years. Uh, mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's a reflection of that as well, is that maybe people are looking to like, uh, hey, this is overwhelming having all these choices. I just want like, it's, so it's like the late adopters that might be jumping on these all-in-one solutions when compared to like the early adopters who are like, yeah, I love the marketplace. I love having all these different solutions to my specific problems. Uh, it was just an interesting trend that we saw. Yeah, no, it's, um, that is interesting that you guys saw that yeah. happening out at, at conferences. Um, there are, there's like, been a huge tech boom over the past, mm. uh, well, I'm just going to say a decade, but mm. like goes back much further. Um, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different options. And for someone starting a small business where their passion is, I don't know, um, cooking or making something or um, in the professional services realm, like, mm. yeah, what you're, what you're most passionate about um, isn't necessarily so when you get confronted with something outside of that sphere that you need to do to set your business up uh, in the best way possible, mm. sometimes it can be difficult to navigate that. So that's where, yeah, getting that support network and, and leaning on um, advisors like yourselves to help mm. them make that decision is, yeah, like it, it just becomes such a critical step for business owners to, to take and make um, in that path to setting mm. themselves up in the best way possible to be successful. So it's interesting, yeah, that you guys are seeing with so many options available, how to like streamline and go all in one or mm. how to pick one or two apps that come together and, and give you exact or give you as much as of what you're, you're looking to accomplish in your workflow rather than stacking them all on, on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it is, it is interesting. So an- another thing that I found interesting was the split between people under 30 and people over 50 in the report. 
yeah. so there was like a lot of information there about people under 30 were more likely to feel stress about their employees' mental health or, or there's a, a few factors where it was split there. I know when we spoke to, uh, to Dr. Sarah uh, on the podcast earlier in the week, she was saying that, uh, yeah, p- those younger people are just a more vulnerable community of, of people and, and that's something that she sees in the greater population as well. But, but was there any key insights that you took from that um, in the report? Yeah, just the, I guess, just the difference between mm. those that sort of were in the 50 plus age group versus the, the 30 and under. Um, just the fact that there is a difference is probably the main call out. Mm. Um, and just to recognize that business owners that are typically, I guess, less experienced um, because it's going to be, they're going to be navigating different challenges. Um, whereas those business owners that are, are more experienced and maybe a little bit more life experience or, or well versed mm. um, are obviously rating themselves. Uh, slightly differently in terms of the satisfaction scores. So, yeah, I guess experience um, is is something that is a, a factor in how people are sort of self-scoring um, themselves or rating themselves when mm. it comes to, to this report. Um, so, yeah, I get something to be aware of that, yeah, someone, depending on which age group they fall into or, or how much experience they've got, is um, something to consider when mm. um, considering... How, how they might be feeling and, and what their level of satisfaction is in, in their business. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, so there's lots of great finds. If people want to go find more, they should go read the report. There's lots of great information in there and, and, and things that people can take from it. But, but what's sort of next then? So, you know, Zero's released this report. There's some other reports in the past. Where do you see sort of Zero's role in, in providing this sort of information to the greater community? Uh, and, and, and what are the next steps? I know there's a few links and information there about programs like Beyond Blue and, and some of the things they offer. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sort of a wide ranging question there. But, but yeah, where do you see the next steps from this would be? Yeah, those, I mean, you touched on the two areas. I mean, we're mm. always going to champion... Um, the Australian small business community and work with whoever we can um, around providing that support network for those small business owners Mm. and doing reports like this to just understand and get a little bit more insight into how business owners are feeling and performing in different areas could be um, more on the economic side like we have done in the past and we've spoken about that at Mm. different interviews before um but yeah diving into well-being as well is is another area so um yeah just spending doing the research and looking to understand our customers as sort of intimately as we possibly can and what their needs are and then shining the spotlight on on what those needs are and and sort of trusting that the the community around small businesses is going to come together to try and help solve as many problems as we possibly can for those business owners so we want to play like a leading role in that space Mm. um and then but then also forming partnerships and working with organizations like beyond blue who do a fantastic job of setting up programs and and driving initiatives to make counseling services more accessible to business owners and um beyond blue does have a a program in place and which we do um we are proud to to partner with them on um so yeah just building more awareness around resources like beyond blue so that um business owners don't feel like they need to go it alone and that there is a really um a rich ecosystem of support around them not just from the accounting and bookkeeping community but also organizations like beyond blue um that are sort of 
willing to champion their needs as well in, in different ways. Um, so yeah, th- those would be the, the two fronts. What, whatever we can do from a technology and a platform perspective to mm. help them, those businesses be connected and get that real time view of their cash flow, but then also play a role with those other organizations that, um, and the accounting and bookkeeping community that want to rally around small business owners and, and support them to, to get as much fulfillment as they possibly can and get back to the, the purpose for them wanting to start their own business and run their own business and get as close to that, that initial vision that they had when the twinkle in their eye when, when they <laughs> decided to take that leap of faith or, or start that business. Um, do as much as we can to, to keep business owners as close to that initial vision as we possibly can. Yeah, no, I I love it. This is this is right up our alley, and I think Zero is sort of and you know a uniquely positioned to to do this because you know you're going above and beyond what would be expected of you as just an accounting software, um, and you really are supporting the community, and you have all this data, even though this was an, an additional survey to get this information, but you know doing good with that information and, and providing intelligence and help and and support. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. And I, I, I can't wait to talk to you in the future about all the future reports that, uh, you guys come up with. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast again, mate. It's good, good to see, good to speak to you. It's good to speak to you too, Dan. Thanks for uh, having me. And I, uh, I look forward to hopefully seeing catching Tim on the next one as well. Ah, we don't but need you Tim. Did, you did great, Tim. We, we, we've, we've realized over and over again, we don't need Tim. Uh, I've, I've said this constantly on the podcast, but that's fine. He, he'll be back. He always hangs around. He does. He does. <laughs> uh, thank you. It's been great to chat. And um, yeah, I, I look forward to catching up with the next one. Awesome. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Tim. Bye.